everybody. This is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. So excited to have beautiful existence back on the podcast. Uh, she was with us back at the beginning of 2020. Um, oh, how things <laughs> have changed. Um, <laughs> I, the understatement truly of the millennia. Um, and I'm grateful to have her back sharing so much wisdom. She deep dove the goddess was in her. I learned so much in this podcast. I actually truly can't wait to go back and listen to it a couple more times just to like really grab more to it. Cause I feel like, I mean, I, beautiful says this towards the beginning of our podcast at uh, 12 points in air, which air signs are chatty. And so there's a lot coming through. Um, it's episode 18. You'll want to go back and just hear more about beautiful story and like the origins of, um, all of the things, right? So episode 18 and then now episode 106 with Beautiful Existence. I'm excited to share. I want you to really hear the ways in which she talks about embodied existence, right? So if you see yourself as a cosmic creation, uniquely you, one of a kind, there's only ever going to be one you, that also means this is this embodiment, this life, this is the only embodiment like this that you're going to get. So really a full sensory experience of the present moment in this universe, right? And it's it's kind of also a good quality of loving other people too, is to just really be totally present with them in that unique moment. Um, and so I just want you to really hear um, how beautiful talks about embodiment. Um, but I also really love and resonate with, um, especially actually through the, the pandemic, I've really thought of myself and my experience in my lifetime and how it affects um, humanity as a whole, which I think gives me, I mean, I mean, it's, that's kind of a big deal. Most people aren't really taught to think of how they factor into humanity. We're taught to think small. We're taught to not live out our potential. We're taught to live these kind of half lives, truly. Um, I think any life where you spend most of it hating your body or needing to change your body to be happy is less than a half life. I'll say that. I think you're really missing out. As someone who did that for the first uh, 20 years of my life and then really, really, really worked to live it out differently for the next 20 years, I can tell you night and day difference in my quality and experience of this embodiment. Um, so it really does start with how you think, but it also starts with your intention and how you intend to spend this next present moment. You don't, you'll never arrive at fully self-loving. I haven't. Um, but what you will do is continue to unfold greater and greater depth of your experience as a human being on this planet. And I want that for you. I want high quality of life for you. And I want you to really live out your potential and to not squash your gifts because you're afraid of what other people think. Um, so excited for you to be on the metaphysical porch with me and beautiful existence, curling up with your favorite childhood blanket and listening um, and connecting. And please, please reach out and tell me what you connected with in this episode. Um, I actually dropped this episode early for my pot, for my Patreon supporters. So patreon.com slash FKDP is my membership support site. Um, and it's for folks like you to support creators like me who create work that you value. Um, membership starts at two bucks a month. It includes all of my Zoom aerobics classes. Um, it also includes um, spiritual self-care lessons that I give. I've talked about altar spaces, spiritual hygiene, uh, connecting to your ancestors, all the little practices that I do that kind of make up my spiritual self-care um, as, as a sort of teaching. And you can go back now, we're in September, right? So I've done 
Uh, this will be my ninth lesson this month. So you can see all the back. It's kind of fun. Doing a Patreon means like I'm creating this amazing back catalog. So every new Patreon gets access to everything I've already done. Um, and for 25 bucks a month, you get access to my on-demand membership. So for less than a cost of one Soul Cycle class, you get access to six aerobics classes at a time, plus bonus classes from other body positive instructors that I love. There's always a 10 minute, a 20 minute, two 55 minute classes, a chair aerobics class, and a 45 minute canna size class, which is slower, more repetitive choreography to accompany an optional cannabis experience. Um, and all of those classes, there's one that's uh, refreshed every week. So it's always fresh. And I just love getting to create it. I hike out into the woods and I do it. I, I, I do the class in the woods so you can kind of experience me in the woods, all of that healing coming your way. And um, I super appreciate all of the support. I am an artist that is entirely supported by Patreon. So if I didn't have the Patreon, I would not be able to consistently release this podcast. So I'm grateful to everyone out there who supports it. Um, and you get little bonuses too, like access, early access to podcast episodes. And I have already gotten four, no, five people have reached out and I, I dropped this on Tuesday night. So like, like within 24 hours, I had five people reaching out and telling me what they got out of this episode. So please tell me what you're getting out of this episode. It's also the best way to find out that I am consistently, I, I never remember the difference between a private video and an unlisted video on YouTube. I have, I have made this mistake a couple of times. And so I, you know how sometimes you create and you point into the void and you don't know who's out there listening. Um, but when you post a link to a preview uh, of an episode or an early access, uh, that's when you find out who's out there. Cause everyone's like, Hey, Hey, this, this is, this link isn't working. So thanks to everyone who let me know that. And I fixed it right away and you all listened and you got so much out of it. So I'm glad. And I'm excited for you to hear this episode with Beautiful Existence. So I will get off the mic and pass it over to my convo with Beautiful Existence. I love you so much. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for subscribing to the podcast. Beautiful Existence, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Gratitude. Okay, thank <laughs> Happy you so to much. be here. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And um being in Boston while I am on the Olympic Peninsula and we're just like holding down two sides of a continent um, and meeting in the beautiful Zoom room that I think in these times, these technologically dependent times, like I feel like we're Aquarius. All... Yes. Age of Aquarius. We've activated, we've activated Aquarius. Uh, Get used to it. Tell I've us been more. In tech for, I've been in tech for 20 years. I mean, my first company in Seattle in the 90s. I, I am, uh, you know, 12 point air in this embodiment. I very much understand, you know, a visible mercury, Hermes Trismiscus, like incarnated, I flow. And so I'm like in my element now we're moving into it, but we're in a transition period too. So that carries its own caveats. I mean, we're in the transition in two, uh, four years, we're in the transition period roughly, um, which is where a lot, a lot of shifts are going to happen. So the shifts that we've already been having activated, it's going to have a lot more. Um, and historically, we can see this through the transition periods of the yugas. Um, but we're moving into um, the ascending yugas out of the descending yugas. So this is a really interesting time. Um, for Americans, we have Pluto triggering our birth chart. 
you know, uh, there's just so many different celestial mechanisms at play um, and will be for decades. And honestly, you know, the transition period is 300 years. So yeah, hunker down because you came into this lifetime to do this work right now, mm. guaranteed. And if you didn't, then you're going to do it again. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what does the age of Aquarius mean to you? Uh, so, I mean, simply energy archetypes. Uh, we're this consciousness that we're in coming from a soul sovereignty level. That means a fully remembered soul. Um, what my soul's unique frequency and design is, what I give to this consciousness, where I, my life spark in my embodiments is from, where I came from, the work that I do to help other souls remember the real souls, because especially for people that are working in body, mind, and soul or spirit, um, you, you know, we tangibly can understand body and mind. Mind has been coming to the forefront even more. Um, within sciences, but the the concept and the um, the equating to the trinity of our soul has been trying to be kept through the ages, through the wisdoms, but it hasn't. Um, and that has to do with the celestial mechanisms as well. We were in Pisces for a couple thousand years, and I'm talking on a tropical basis. So, um, you know, we were being told what to think and do. We were uh, like children in this time period or infants or small children, you know, lead us to the knowledge, lead us to this. Well, that also can be distorted or manipulated, but in Aquarius, we're not, we're the rebels. And this is, it's actually, so time is irrelevant the way that we have it ego constructed. It's completely you know, collapsed on itself. You can, you can garner any time astral travel place, anything, um, and that full remembering, you know, Buddha called it in and to try and keep it through those lineages with Akasha. So it's been trying to be kept our, you know, um, physical embodiment and the different attributes of that, but really where the soul level is coming from, which is where we came into this consciousness from what we give, what we offer and being able to leave the consciousness without any karma, without any of the attachments of our embodiments and lifetimes. If we're at that level, if you're at a level where you have been recalling masteries, if you're at a level, especially if you're teaching or guiding other people, know your soul. So from this standpoint, which I live now, um, you know, the age of Aquarius has been really coming in for a while. I think it's been about 90 something years. Um, but because of the other celestial mechanisms, because of the transition period that we're getting close to with the yuga cycles, we're getting highly activated now um, within it. And this transition period, you know, is moving us into Aquarius and completing what we've been in in Pisces. And so there's still going to be these, you know, um, old systems, these old patterns, these old designs that have been being perpetuated within the celestials and within the mechanisms that affect us down here on earth as above, so below. 
um, that are still needing to play out in people's lifetimes and your soul still needing to play out um, and starting to transition back into your remembered learning of both astral and material body. Um, so, you know, the age of Aquarius, you look at the archetypal, you know, energies of this. Um, there's going to be a whole lot about science that comes up. Um, there's going to be a whole lot, um, especially because Pluto's coming into that in the next couple of years. Um, and Pluto dredges everything to the surface. That's my ascendant tropical sign ruler. So I'm very well aware of going down to the core of something and dredging it up. Um, but technology, flow, air, transitions, oh my goodness, like environmental impact is going to be heightened during this transition period, just like it has been in the histories. And so there's going to be massive migrations, you know, there's going to be uh, new inventions um, on how to travel, on how to communicate, on how... So really understanding like the archetypal energies of Aquarius and realizing that, um, you know, this is energy. This is energy and frequency based. This is our authenticity. This is our truth as souls. This is what this entire design and everything is related to and within the, the golden thread. Um, and when you think and you live, especially live and be out of practice within this sovereignty of this trifecta of your body, mind, and soul, you can distinguish between the lies and the deceits and the truth because it's energetic resonance and frequency. And so when you um, understand and um, see where the distortions, see, feel where the distortions are within an archetypal energy or like Aquarius, um, and see where your embodiment design is from, your astral birth chart, see where you're physically located on the Earth's energetic grid. When you, when you start taking in these multiple levels of mastery and remembering, remembering, because it's all remembering, um, it, it gives you a gauge, it gives you a more true, you know, genuine gauge. Um, and, and knowing the celestials, the celestials are bigger than the ego man-made constructs down here. So when you are looking at the celestials, um, you know, they'll really activate me, especially the ones that are super aligned with me and maybe my placement, my physical placement in the earth at that time, or maybe, you know, their, their cycle that they're in. Maybe I have multiple celestial triggers going off at the same time. Um, and you can feel that the animals respond to that nature responds to that we've had omens about nature responding to the celestials for tens of thousands of years. Um, and my next book after the Oracle is launched, I've already started like scouting the really amazing celestial watching spots on the earth. Um, so yeah, it means a lot. But you really have to um, get into it, get into the remembering of Aquarius, get into the remembering of Pisces and where we're transitioning out of. Know and work with people about where your embodiment is in this lifetime, where your activations are, understanding your charts and those mechanisms, um, you know, and, and give yourself a baseline 
to be able to then bring in the multidimensional understanding around all of the other elements, the earth's grid, animals that show themselves to you, like the whole thing, <laughs> talking with all of the consciousness. I mean, even science is starting to produce studies about the consciousness within rocks and trees and plants. The same thing that shamans have been trying to keep the wisdoms about for tens of thousands of years so that we wouldn't forget it while we were in our dense material bodies. We've been in the descending iron age. You know, this is the densest density that we will be in. We are transitioning into and out into another set of cycles. And the celestials help us with understanding those maps and mechanisms so that we have more of a roadmap when we're in embodiment down here um, and, and a baseline, a guidepost, if you will, to incorporate um, all of these other energetic wisdoms and knowledges because you, know, you have to be ready to be initiated and to step back into the Akasha and your full soul's remembering is a very large remembering to have. I mean, it is the remembering of where your soul came from, what your unique gift and energy and divine is for this entire consciousness, no matter how many embodiments you have. Um, and to remember that there's a lot of work and practice to do, work that I've been doing for decades um, that I help people activate and move through a lot quicker now. Um, Aquarius, again, very spontaneous movement <laughs> flow. <laughs> like, you know, we are in it now, people. Do not think that this changes. It's not going to change. It's adaptability. It's adaptability. And, and knowing your soul sovereignty or working towards that and knowing frequency and energy inherently and remembering that again is going to help you flow with everything and not be distracted and not be manipulated and be in your truth and to be working towards that and what your higher goals are and releasing karmas and not carrying energies because your embodiment embodiment is such a luxury and it is so unique to this mechanism and this consciousness it is not something that our souls are or experience before or after we leave this consciousness um but it's a double-edged sword it carries entrapments with it and i've talked to them this entire lifetime ghosts beings other otherness you know <laughs> So <laughs> Aquarius is going to bring all of this stuff back out quite a bit <laughs> because then we have Capricorn and that's when she gets really real. <laughs> I think yet yeah, you are a predominant Capricorn sign if I remember correctly, right? Yes, I'm definitely a Capricorn. Um, yeah. I have a lot of earth and a stellium and Scorpio. So I'm like here to keep it real deeper yeah deeper yeah yeah so Aquarius is still going to be relatively lighthearted once you can start getting into and living from the remembering which 
remembering your soul will get you there. And then that there's that practice of it because embodiment is, we're embodied. So there's always the ego, there's always the sensory, there's always, so it's a practice. It's just like anything to stay in that and stay in that balance. Um, and Aquarius is going to be a ride, like a couple thousand years. It's going to be a ride, man. Like there's going to be tremendous shifts and changes. Um, but it's in preparation and we're in the preparation of what's happening, which is a divergence of, um, the embodiments in this mechanism, it's all really, really big cycles, like really big cycles. So sometimes it's really like a lot. And my PhD to translate ineffable literature goes into this in the heart of what I am as a balance. That's literally what my soul did before I came into this mechanism, balanced energy. And I'm always looking for that translation balance to help people understand how do I show them 125,000 years that I've been given or 26,000 years or a yuga cycle? How do I break that down and translate that to somebody so that you can take those bite-sized pieces in? Because like I said, stepping into the Akasha, stepping into your full remembering and operating from that daily it is a stair-stepped process and it's perspective changes and those perspective changes, you know, come through many, many different lineages and activations, um, which is why I put soul sovereignty together and why I'm designing these courses now for the things that I've just been inherently being guided to do for the last couple of years with individuals um, and getting them back to their soul sovereignty, because there's a process um, and a practice just, you know, <laughs> like everything in embodiment, <laughs> uh, when, when we're gone, everything's there. <laughs> when we're not embodied anymore, everything is there. Everything is there. Meaning like your whole soul's history, everything, time, all history, all consciousness, all everything. It's all right there. But in embodiment, it's the experience of this matrix and this consciousness. And we signed up to be here and we get to live these embodiments and have sensory experiences like sex and food and puppies and, you know, love and climbing trees and smelling fresh cut grass. And this is not stuff that we have. Our souls, I, I I literally am being called to do a PhD and translating the ineffable because it is still difficult for me to manifest words. Our, our language right now, our inherent language is telepathic. We will get back to that. I'm holding space for that. I actively do that with my cannabis tarot apprentices. Yeah. It's there, but it's going to take some life cycles, you know, to really hold that intention with more and more souls. Um, on a collective level. And so right now, while we have this commodity of language, because that's what it was designed as a commodity, um, while we have this, I'm trying to figure out how to translate what other souls show me that their authentic, you know, truth is in their core design. It's not always easy because it doesn't always translate. When I receive an amazing amount of information from the celestials, from my own soul saying, okay, you're ready to remember this. 
my entire physical body will go down for a day or so sometimes because I'm trying to translate and, and, and take in the information to remember so that I can have the proper visual understanding and then be able to translate it to others. Yeah. Um, I'm having a lot of those. I'm so glad you said that because I've been having a lot of experiences of my body um, struggling to keep up with the vibration of my soul. Um, and just like, you know, like my body goes down, right? Like I, I taught it the last virtual glowing goddess getaway. I taught my aerobics class and I really put a lot of intention. I like, I served and afterwards I had never experienced, and I, I get a lot of belly issues. I've chronic digestive stuff, but like I had never felt a cramp that bad of like in my digestive system and like was doubled over in pain. And I got the message that it was because my, my soul was vibrating so much higher than my body could handle. And yeah, and I've been sleeping so much and like needing so much attention on my body and like that. Oh, yeah. thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's going to affect different embodiments, different ways, because this is, this is one of the things, I mean, the to break down this process that I've just been inherently going through myself now for decades with multiple teachers and gurus and wisdoms and recalling and releasing and all of the stuff that I have been doing in my embodiment, but now doing it with other people, multiple people and seeing the differences, you know, I'm having to take all of that and break it down into these processes to help people kind of get to a certain level and then I sit with them and try and figure out, okay, what is this next level going to be? And then it gets into more individualized kind of study and me working with them because in a way it's like, I've become a soul whisperer. I'm a Scorpio ascendant tropical. People have always told me their secrets. Souls want to tell me what their soul's real design is because we're in that time. Now we're getting into that time more and more and more as we advance and especially in the next 300 years, as we advance fully into Aquarius and leave Pisces completely, you know, our embodiments are going to want raw foods more. We're going to want live nature more and not all, not all embodiments are at this phase. Not all souls are at this phase, but the ones that are being called to it, there is this active energetic vibration that's consistently coming to us the celestials are giving it to us nature has been raising up like cannabis giving it to us the mushrooms everything is giving it to us giving 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 because this is this time your your soul is choosing you know are you going to stay here are you going to stay in incarnations are you if you're going to be here like there's work to be done there's a lot of transitions that are going to take place individually socially um you know are you gonna choose to not you know i mean this is all free will choices constantly um but a big one for me is is that teaching people and embodiments their truth because until you really remember your sovereignty i'm talking outside of him you know the body and mind but really remember where you came from and your divinity and what you give. We all give to this matrix. Each one of us gives so much energy. We, we are the life spark of our embodiments, but we give energy to this entire consciousness on huge levels. Um, once you're in that, 
that's when you're making decisions about stuff. That's when you're making real decisions about stuff, not governments, not other people, not your family, not what society tells you. You're like, oh, hell no. Like <laughs> I, I can see that like immediately. Um, but it's very true. Even from that level, I have to constantly equate for the physicalness, the embodiment, the, the mind, because I can't just be a soul here or else I'm going to be a ghost. I'm going to be a spirit. Not everybody's going to be able to hear me or see me, or I'm not going to be able to help. I'm not going to be contributing the way that I came in to contribute from this, you know, whole sovereignty, body, mind, Trinity, you know, um, place. And being able to remember that helps also be able to read a lot of um, the karmas, the energies that are still stuck in our bodies, the things that we need to call in and the people and the, and the experiences that we need to call in to help dislodge those energies. And some of them are lifetimes long because people have not necessarily done that embodiment work yet. Um, I got to keep an eye on my puppy because there's wild turkeys around here that he found earlier. <laughs> Turkey is a great uh, totem animal. I'm so grateful for you finding wild turkeys for us today. Such an abundance and talking about like connecting to nature. Turkey is archetypal energy of connecting to Gaia and, and the harvests and the abundance of Gaia. So you know, now the celestials are contributing to this before for a while when we've been in this descending, it was only nature, it was only those that had been doing the work for lifetimes that had been recalling the wisdoms. Um, but now, now we have the big boys. Now we have the big guns helping us too, the celestials, and they're not fucking around. The celestials are bigger than all of this ego stuff down here. They help run the mechanism. And they'll tell you what's up when you sit with them. They'll tell you straight up what's up. Um, everything is. There's truth everywhere. There's truth absolutely everywhere. But being in that energetic frequency and residency is where you're going to be able to see it and find it and feel it immediately. So, you know, body, embodiment. It, it is what it is. We've chosen to be here. Um, it's really important. We, ha we cannot do the work to do for this consciousness um, without being really embodied. That's what the whole game is here in this consciousness. Um, so it's really important to listen to it and to heed it um, the same way that you work to remember and listen to your soul um, or be actively engaged with your ego, because as much as ego is a uh, torment, um, you know, there's a lot within it that helps you diagnose, you know, situations and things that need to be brought up to face so that you can transmute them. So it really is a trinity. I mean, religion really has been like trying to tell us the truth. They can't hide the truth from us. The truth is still like everywhere, media, everything. I mean, you can't think that everything is all fake news because it's not, they're giving you the truth in it. You have to be able to feel the vibrations to know where it is. And that truth might be just for you. 
that truth might just be for you right now because you need that perspective change. And then once you get that perspective change and you've leveled up with your energy and you're remembering, then you get a different lesson that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying like, you have to know how to sift through things. Cause like religion is really like profits off of power and control. Right. But they take, you know, like I think about the way like hegemonic Christianity took paganism to like placate people. And so now we have these like sanitized versions of things that are actually really important and meaningful spiritual practices um, that connect us to the earth and nature and the truth of our being. And so it's all about being an active um, filter for yourself of what you need and the information that you need at a different time, right? And as you level up yeah. and, grow and learn more, you will glean more information off of these things. Yeah, absolutely. What's so interesting is being in this, and we were talking about this um, before we started the podcast, how, you know, I talked to you a couple of years ago and I've been really, really highly activated by cannabis plant spirit for years now. And she's been showing me these visions and I can hold these really, really multiple lifetime long visions. Um, it's just part of my embodiment abilities. And now, you know, I'm seeing the, the thread through everything. Now I can feel, see the thread through everything and it's fucking amazing. Like, I mean, it's like seeing past technicolor. Mm. It's multidimensional, like see feeling. And I know just by looking at the mappings, just by sitting with the energies and asking for the awarenesses, it comes through. Um, but being at the soul level, it's like all there and it's a lot. Um, I can definitely see how, you know, there's these phases for people to learn to be able to get to with this. Um, because yeah, I'm still figuring out this balance within an embodiment of literally being connected to everything. And like, you, you talk about like manifestation, like all of these concepts, like right here, right here. Yeah. And we're getting there. We're getting there. It's, it's, there's a lot of, uh, energetic, uh, energetic, uh, waves that we are going to be going through on what most people consider timelines, um, like a lifetime or something, or even if you're considering multiple lifetimes, um, you know, you can see, um, and understand the mapping of the mechanisms more when you do study multiple astrologies, um, when you do sit with core knowledges of this earth, like serpent energy or really old ancestral, you know, plant medicine, uh, rock people, they'll show you like it. Yeah. It's everywhere. What's so funny is, is that the, the lies of the deceit are the man-made, like we do it to ourselves and we're going through all of this purposefully. I mean, we've been in Pisces. You talked about, you know, the manipulation of this religion over that, you know, wisdom and stuff. We did it all ourselves because we were in that mechanism of Pisces and somebody had to control us and show us the way and tell us how to do things. And we were descending, you know, into the heaviest karmic and embodied, um, you know, cycle. So it's like, (laughs) 
we're, 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 we're going up and, and up and down is still relative to everything within this, this consciousness is this duality. It's the basis of turning, you know, uh, eternal unbound energy into material, tangible aspects. You have to manipulate it to be able to make things material like this and have this density. Um, and that takes an incredible amount of coding for people that are in tech, um, you know, uh, geometry, sacred geometry and symbology for people in ancient wisdoms, same, same. It's all this really deep, you know, these levels, um, but the levels, the levels um, that just make me laugh so much now are like, it's so obvious they're coming from ego. <laughs> and from embodiment and I'm just like oh okay well you know that'll be gone pretty soon (laughs) but I could go I could go around laughing about everything all day long and it really is triggering to a lot of embodiments right now that are not anywhere close to these levels so like you know beautiful is a hermit (laughs) I could do everything online and I'm physically like only mostly out in nature because in the first place, it's like the truth. And I want to be in the truth yeah. in my bo- embodiment as much as possible. Um, but, you know, uh, the energetic grids of like cities and stuff are very overpowering. Um, and you can start to feel them physically, you know, affect our embodiments and such. And, you know, yeah, this is happening for a lot of people, a lot of embodiments are, are starting to go through these initiation cycles like you were talking about I have, I'm curious why the ages move backwards like why we're going from Pisces into Aquarius which in the zodiac typically we go from Aquarius and then Pisces right and then after yeah Capricorn. so I mean really good question thank you for asking um within this wisdom uh you have to see things from a multi-dimensional approach um, you know, they, how do I say this? Our brains, uh, our basic brainstem compartmentalize things. We call it fight or flight, right? Psychologically, we've been knowing about and understanding this again for a while and putting terminology and definitions around it. Um, but the, the inherent truth is, is that this entire consciousness to be in this realm and to be materialized um, takes this multi-dimensional um, coding and design to break effortless, eternal, unbound energy into a material concept. And so when you're looking at wisdoms, like ideal in the tro, I'm launching the oraculum in October. The oraculum and the tro itself is a divination tool that's hundreds of thousands of years old. Not a lot of history and wisdom has been kept about it, but it absolutely is very, very old. And even within just say 20,000 years, right, of recorded history of what we can actually tangibly have about the tarot, um, there are so many different lineages that are attributed to it. And every one of those lineages is like a cycle of wisdom that humanity and consciousness was at the time. So when you take a a wisdom, a really, really old pattern and design in this consciousness, like Tarot, 
you can see all these golden threads. Well, those are activation points for me. Somebody that can work with another soul and what soul sovereignty and the courses that I'm developing and what I speak to with people are, those are activation points for them because we have two predominant lineages, our DNA lineage that we inherit biologically and our karmic and our astral body lineage. And so for me, being able to pinpoint those with people as quick as possible will help me lead back to their soul, like exposing itself and, and finally like feeling released and aha, right? And oh my God, like shift. Um, so when you look at astrology too, it really is this multidimensional understanding. I've been I've been learning and teaching tropical, a little bit of Vedic, but I, I pretty much went right to the source, Babylonian, Sumerian astrology, and they all base it off of different um, viewpoints, different perspectives. That's where astrology has been watching and, and calculating the celestials. Well, if you go back past even Babylonian and Assyrian astrology, which is our current longest, oldest recorded astrology that we know. There's incredibly mathematically precise and they had their vision, but then because of the different cycles we were in, we had a new version of it. It was solar based. It was earth based. It is, it is individually soul based off of the energetic grid on the earth. And they all are, they all are important. They all matter. And they all will only matter for what it is that you need to understand and acquire at that point in your learning and your remembering. Because I don't know if your lineage through your biology or through your karmic astral body is going to be triggered by Egypt, if it's going to be triggered by the Cathars, if it's going to be triggered by the resurrection. You know what I mean? There's so many different iterations of everything in the Akasha that I need to. And what I do is put together guidebooks with souls to help lead them back to exposing the truth of what their soul is. And we break those down in the lineages. So when you look at astrology, it really is not, you know, is it tropical? Is it Vedic? Is it Babylonian? It's really, okay, where are you at right now? And that's what I intuitively you know help people figure out because some people have incredibly deep vedic you know lineages and i try to sort out is that dna is that astral is that both what is still there because that'll trigger your remembering and the wisdoms that you've already accumulated that will bring in and help you download things that you haven't even lived from the akasha it's again how do I break this down into like a simplified concept I I trust that I'm I'm translating this um appropriately um where you are is how the celestials and how you are going to see the celestials and that is what is meant for you the celestials will know that you are remembering them and they will activate you um, nature will remember or see and feel, see, feel that you are remembering it and it will activate you. Um, anything that's a truth in this consciousness 
it's going to assist you. Yes, there are beings. Yes, there are other energies outside of this realm that are helping. And there's also some that are distorting and playing. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so when you say the Akasha, do you mean the Akashic records or is that something, how would you distinguish those if those aren't the same thing? It is. Um, so the Akasha was the um or original word and description i believe from buddha through the asian lineages of everything of being connected and knowing that connection inherently in everything um and um about 150 years ago yeah, around 150 years ago, uh, you know, there, again, this is something that's had different um, societies talk about it with different words um, and definitions at that time, Christ consciousness. Um, there's a lot of different, you know, um, attributions to the same remembering of the truth within our embodiment while we're here. Um, about 150 years ago, you know, there's a series of spiritualists and channels and oracles, um, that came in and manifested and they called it by the technology that they had at the time, which was records, record keeping. So they transformed Akasha, which was not something that English speaking society could connect to. It was kind of a marketing ploy. Um, <laughs> uh, the, that you couldn't connect to an Eastern lineage necessarily because that wisdom wasn't in Western society a whole lot yet. It had only been very small initiates and people, you know, uh, translating and bringing that information into Western society at that point. And the spiritualists and the mediums that were channeling and that were acquiring that information to translate um, to the Western world, translated the word, the Asian understanding of that word into something that that modern society had the technology of, which was Akashic records. There is a new language um, that I've had activated within me, and I'm one part of many in the world that are different contributions to this new universal language, very Aquarian. And we're going to find each other and this language is going to start coming together and it's based off of energy and frequency predominantly, but it has all of these um, ancient wisdoms and understandings embedded in it. I'm actually, I'm working on the channeling of it right now um, with my thesis. It's a ineffable ekphrasis um, of the English alphabet. Um, but this, that translation was what it was at the time. Um, and so it's still relevant. Like I said, the different astrologies, the different symbologies, the different um, iterations of nature the different iterations of nature, because everything that's medicine right now sometimes wasn't medicine for our embodiments. Mm. Sometimes it was poison. Sometimes the poisons that are right now used to be a medicine 
because all of that has transitory elements to it as well. Nature is just the same. It transitions. Um, so, you know, it's really when you're in energy and frequency, you understand this multidimensional approach to things. It's not linear. Um, that is a mind ego attachment to linear time, linear understanding and knowledge, linear processes. It's not, it's not that anymore. That's, that's not what was when we are in astral body. Um, we were, you know, in that remembering that full remembering because we didn't talk. We telepathically communicated um, with everything. Um, we're going back to that. And so it's like, um, redesigning the material density that we've been in back into <laughs> the multidimensional understanding and truth that our souls live from and are inherently like born and designed from, you know, and that we perpetuate these embodiments from. <laughs> so, um, Okay, so you had mentioned also that we have beings that are helping us from the other side and we have beings who are like trying to come in and create havoc um, or I, I'm grabbing havoc as a word. But, um, is there, do you have advice for folks out there who, who like about how to interact with these beings and, and what are kind of your best practices and what you would advise? Um, okay, so core practices of getting into soul sovereignty, no presence. That's why masters like Sadhguru and Eckhart Tolle and all of these um, channelers, they're channeling, um, have been receiving and translating this information for us for decades now. Presence is a key to remembering sovereignty. But there's a lot of different layers to that. Like I said, depending on the soul, it depends on how distracted they are right now, how present they are, how much work and practice and dedication and integrity and intention are huge keys as well. And that is not something that is very prevalent in society right now. In fact, it's been purposely being distracted and manipulated against okay. because that gets us back to our soul, you know, um, and, and, and the, um, COVID was a practice in that it wasn't just a practice in keeping the manipulation and the deceit and the power. It was a practice in, okay, where is your soul? Because you're probably trying to get really real with your fucking self right now. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. <laughs> the celestials and earth don't have no more time for that. <laughs> you know, we're here to be our biggest, greatest, best fucking selves. And to do that, we have to remember our sovereignty, which means being in energy and frequency, which means being able to see the truth. And so the truth is everywhere whether you receive it, you have to sit with it and know it. Um, beings that I have interacted with that are no bueno, you will get sick. You will get physically sick. Okay. If there is a being that has entered you or started communicating with you and you have physical illness sensations at or around or after huge, huge clue. Okay. Just very simply. Um, but usually they're not so 
distinguishable. Um, okay, so take this for instance. And I'm kind of glad that you brought this up because this has been something that has been being called to me for months over the summer. Um, there is um, a manipulation tactic that's been being used and I call it light washing. And it is the overabundance, overaccentuation, and overreliance on nothing but light, good, positive energy and frequency. That is not the truth. The truth is, is that everything has darkness and roots. The only way that trees grow is to have roots in the soil first. The only, we have archetypes within astrology, Scorpio, that will show you, you know, earth. We have earth for a reason. These archetypes exist because this energy exists. That is truth. So while it's good, but good and bad is, you know, this duality of this consciousness, it does not exist. It's a gradient in energy and frequency outside of this consciousness. In this consciousness, this duality, it might feel or it might seem charming or something to do nothing but focus on this particular direction. But if you do that, you're manipulating and deceiving yourself because you're not stepping into the things that are dark and hidden and facing them and transmuting them, which is really where your sovereignty comes from. Yeah because it's all truth. Yeah. So there are things like that and they're incredibly deceptive. But when you are in this remembering and a practice within a community that is there to hold intention and integrity, like what I am building with soul sovereignty, you know, they come up and they just are what they are. They're not for you anymore. And that's all that it is. Mm. When the gurus and the masters have said, I am, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> I am everything, nothing, all at the same time. But, you know, there's a lot of, I don't even like to use the words deception or manipulation because there is this like negativity attributed to them. I say play because this is an amazing fucking realm. This is an amazing realm. Like we are so super lucky to be here. Look at how many seven plus billion souls have been fighting to stay here. And I don't know if they're staying here under the right, or the, or the proper guises, they might have a lot of attachment still, whatever it is, that's where they are. Um, but there's, there's a lot in the dimensions and realms that like this place, love this place, are attached to this place in their own regard. Um, one of the other deceptions. So I'll talk about a different being because I've had a core archetypal energy on this earth show it to me i'm wearing 
a um, earthly based creation of it. And that is serpent energy, very much the Ouroboros, the cycle of everything, because this mechanism is a mechanism. It's cycles, constant cycles. Um, so there was a civilization of beings that were dying in a different realm. And they came here hundreds of millions of years ago. And they, um, I would say the proper word is probably stole uh, the energetic archetype of serpent energy. And they became immediately ensconced in serpent energy. And they're what people call reptilians now. And so this is a being that has deeply embedded ties to this realm because of an action that they took to try and save their species, which they did, but it was a double-edged sword. It also created, um, it also created an energetic pattern within serpent energy. And that's why there is such a bite and such a fire from the dragon, um, a defensiveness. Um, and this was perpetuated eons ago and it still plays out in this realm um, and these are beings um, like some other beings that will try to attach and try to um, gain attention of uh, try to play or distort I mean religion has been calling them demons and things like that for a while um, they're they're energies and for whatever reason you know, they exist. Um, and being in the practice, um, only focusing on love and light is not going to show them to you. If you know anybody that has worked within religious or, or, or shaman energies, they will tell you an exorcism of a demon or a neg or a, or, or a, really attached energy, right? I'm not going to even say like a, a, a negative energy, but an attached energy, something that is feeding off of another like energy, right? Any kind of these um, ceremonies, these events to displace the energy from a being, it doesn't even have to be human. It could be tree, whatever it is, um, you know, really go into what is this energetic basis of this being and what is it that they're doing? Because you have to call it out. If you're a human, you have to take your free will and call it out. Mm -hmm. And when you call it out, it has, it has to honor truth because that is a core reality of energetic frequency. Energe energy will always try to find this balance. There will always try to be this equilibrium to it. If it's out of balance, when we're in an energetic astral state again, it's immediate. We call it out. But when we're in this really dense physical form, and let alone we haven't been being told or shown how to diagnose those things or work with people that will do that, you know, because shamans have been gone for a while. I mean, for the most part, from the majority of society for a while, you know, how do people know how to do that? They've been being told that that kind of stuff is, is, um, you know, esoteric and private or occult and, and, you know, like negatively attributed still. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. It's energy.
and it's all relative. It's just like, okay, what's this energy? What is it doing? Is it serving me or not? Do I deserve it or not? I mean, that's sovereignty. That's knowing your divinity. And I've had to go through that, you know, um, as a medium in this lifetime and remember how to be within those boundaries and sovereignty. Um, but first and foremost, you know, to answer your question, be in this practice and really be in the energetic frequency, be in the trust of your own soul as much as you can. Um, bring in the people and the situations and the plant spirits or, you know, anything else that is going to um, be the truth for you to help you be able to see that. They want to help. The celestials want to help. The plants want to help. Everything, you know, is resonating at this truth level. It just is energetic frequency to them. They die. They rebirth. They don't have the ego attachment that we do. So they're going to connect with us when we request this. We are incredibly powerful manifestors. When we want to connect with something when we practice it when we have intention and, and integrity with it that is a frequency they resonate with they'll start talking to you they'll bring in the knowledge and the people it will become you know understood and remembered again at some point but it really takes that active free will constantly um so you know it really depends on where a soul is and working with somebody that will be able to sit and knowing, knowing that working with somebody who's only going to tell you the positive things is only going to get you so far. <laughs> you have to be able to be ready to face your shadows um, because that is all part of the equation. It's all part of the experience. It is not, it is not good and bad. It is only good and bad in these embodiments, in this reality. When we're past this, it's everything. And it has no, you know, being attributed to this duality of stuff. And we're moving back into that because for us to move from material to astral, we have to be fully in those embodiments and that remembering on a collective level. So it's going to take at least 300 years. <laughs> Casual. but we're we're the founders these souls are embodiments that are here right now we chose to be here because we were ready for this fucking fight we were ready to set the groundwork for the future iterations because we've already we've already been there too we already know all of that too so we're doing this and we purposely are staying here because we know, and we've been being shown, or we feel a calling, or we know something is fucking up. You know what I mean? It's, it's more than what they've all tried to distract us with. And if you can feel the truth in that, and that you, there is distraction, high levels of distraction going on right now, then you got this in you. It's just, it's finding the communities, finding the practice, having the right information and the right people and the right, you know, souls, not just human, but all different kinds of consciousness coming to you to help lead you and get you there. Your soul is really what is continually opening up the remembering. Your soul is attracting all of that. Your soul is telling you and guiding you. The other beings and things will be there to help, 
if that's how you're attributing needing that information if you're christ consciousness you're gonna call in angels and god and mary if you're you know wiccan you're going to be with the tree and the rock and the earth peoples it really like i said it depends on this lineage and what i do now in soul sovereignty is help people designate their lineages so that I can help them get their activations of their remembered wisdom and their karmic entrapments transmuted so that you can get through this stuff quicker. I mean, it's taken me four decades. <laughs> you don't want to go through four decades, man. This is Aquarius. You got to flow. Like you got to go through this shit within years. You got to be in this practice, be with your people, you know, remember your sovereignty, look around at the world and be in fucking amazement every single day and just total abundance and gratitude you know um but know that when the dark shit or what we attribute it to dark or negative stuff shows up there's a lesson in that man there is so much wisdom in all of that too and it might suck but when we're not in embodiment it doesn't mean anything it only means that when we're in embodiment we only we only have suffering when we're in embodiment we don't have suffering when we leave embodiment. No way. That's why our loved ones come back and they're just like, man, it's totally fine. <laughs> like, don't even shed a tear, like celebrate, like go live your life, like, like have fun because I'm back in my soul sovereignty and it's all good. <laughs> like, you know, it's only the embodiment. Uh-huh. And then the ego tries to attach to it and then it rabbit holes us and then blah, blah, blah. <laughs> See, that's the leadership having lived four decades learned what you learned and then creating a way to teach people to do what you did faster like leaders show go the way and then show the way like i love that you're using your what you've learned as a river not a reservoir and like showing other people what's possible um it's all it's all about that man there's over 7 billion of us souls here. You know, the other realms are kind of missing our energy. It's a little bit unbalanced and we all know it. We all know it inside and the earth is starting to react to it. And the celestials are lining up for it because if you're not here to do your work and to contribute on massive fucking sovereign levels of what your soul really is and where you are most passionate and where you are best utilized while you're embodied sorry but get the fuck off and do it again Mm. i mean truth scorpio truth there's a lot of us here right now and we need they're they're not they're not into us fucking around anymore Mm. it just and it's going to become more and more apparent the celestial cycles that are showing up i mean any transitionary period of a yuga look at it so many earth events so many environmental massive things so many massive shifts and now we're in air energy you know we don't even have like earth grounding or anything like that we're in air energy where we're just like you know (laughs) like pong it's like okay what's gonna hit you next pong (laughs) yeah what is yeah. it yeah you've said that term uh a few times and i'm i don't even know what that means so yuga oh okay so um 
uh, when I've talked about ancient wisdoms carrying down um, when we were in astral body and, and trying to keep us in levels of remembering as we got down yuga cycles, they're, they're really, really large, hundreds of thousands of year energetic cycles of this mechanism, right? So they're way bigger than even the celestials. This is Sirius, the binary star with our sun kind of systems it's huge right but it has huge ramifications to it this is when Sirius' system comes towards ours and planets and comets start to hit each other and all sorts of stuff right so but it's so big in scope like humans sometimes cannot like break that down well um uh ancient asian indian lineages have been really good at being able to somewhat translate through the different cycles, um, the words and the definitions and the practices for the peoples at the time and for history as to how to remember our astral selves as we we're going into material selves. And now it's going to be how we're going from material selves into astral selves and doing that remembering of where we've already been and who we are right because we're physical embodiment right now too but that's changing that's why there's so many more vegetarians and vegans because we're gravitating towards natural you know resonating frequencies all the time in our body ingesting them being around them all of taking them in smoking them everything right um so the yuga cycles was this asian um indian uh, I guess, calculation, like mathematical calculation of these very, very large cycles to break down so that people would understand the smaller increments of them, which are like, you know, 2000 years <laughs> as a smaller increment, you know. Um, and it also has to do with the celestial mechanisms and the archetypal energies that are, that we are um, being umbrellaed with kind of at the time. And what is predominantly um, showcasing all of the smaller secondary, you know, third, fourth level um, uh, celestial mechanisms that are happening at that current iteration. But there's this massive like uh, energetic uh, umbrella, if you will, within these yuga cycles. Um, so, you know, we, a lot of people have seen this like 26,000 year, you know, earth resonant frequency, energetic or pole shift and all of this stuff. So this is like, you know, the yuga is trying to talk about that, but in even bigger, like picture, you know, breaking down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, this translation element is hugely important because when when you're in like everything and like I'm given a vision of anything at any time or can be astrally anywhere at any time you know it's like how do you help describe that to somebody else and there's been a lot of people that have done a pretty good job a lot of channelers a lot of oracles a lot of enlightened people a lot of societies you know buddhism is a very very long lineage um you know vedic culture um indian asian african culture is hugely like just so grounded 
in the earth, so grounded. And they're finally starting to have their wisdoms and knowledge remembered again too. And there's so much wisdom and knowledge throughout the different cycles of humanity that is attributed to African knowledge. Um, And we know this inherently because our DNA lines are stemming from those areas and regions, but the earth goes through tremendous shifts as well. And so things that are underwater right now were once land-based and that all has wisdom in it. So if you're looking for like truth, truth, go to the plants, go to the rock people, go to the freaking tree people, ask them to show you, connect with them, connect with the celestials. I mean, those are millions of years old, right? Like millions, billions of years old. They will give you the truth and, and help you align and get to those new perspectives. Um, but yeah, like when I reference you guys, it's like celestial cycles and mechanisms. This is all, like I said, designs and the designs have these cycles within them and these mechanisms that have different energetic elements, um, attributed to them at different times, because it's all part of the experience. It's all part of the embodiment experience and giving to you know this consciousness the different realms they don't look like this where souls come from don't look like this this is a very very fucking special sacred place our embodiments are incredibly divine our souls are forget it very divine revered as such in the realms we are very unique and we give a lot while we're here but no more being distracted. You know, we're going back up into what a lot of people would consider like this higher embodiment, um, you know, better or, or, you know, some positive attribution to an embodiment like Lemurians and Atlanteans. Not even that. There are levels that our souls at and things that our souls did before coming into this consciousness that, like I said, I'm still trying to find words to be able to translate them. And they fucking blow my mind, blow my mind. I don't even know how to tell people about how some souls show themselves to me. And that's what we have billions of right now. And that's not even the animal spirits and the trees. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like all of the different levels and that multidimensional understanding of this reality and how it's it's so complex and it's also incredibly simple incredibly simple energy and frequency tesla tried to tell us <laughs> they've come through so many times and told us the truth in different iterations and it's whether or not you can see feel you know that truth at that time and it doesn't mean good or bad if none of this resonates for you it doesn't mean good or bad um if you don't believe anything from tesla or astrology or anything like that doesn't mean good or bad just is what it is at that moment what are some of the biggest distractions that you see humans um engaging in Biggest distractions. Um, 
<laughs> embodiment and ego. We've been really primed. In fact, this it's so interesting to me because I love music. I love so much about embodiment. Like I love, I love this embodiment. Like I'm trying to work out more again and eat really good, but enjoying luxury too. And I'm just like, I fucking love being embodied, right? Because I remember what it's not like to be embodied. Um, but a lot of our culture, a lot of the control is around being captured in our embodiment almost exclusively. And if it isn't the encapsulation of our embodiment, it's the encapsulation of our mind. Mm -hmm. And these are tactics that are still distractions from our soul. And they're all interconnected. They're all related while we're embodied, right? But the truth of our souls and where we come from outside of our embodiment is so pivotal because that is that pivot point that our souls are our life spark our embodiments our minds none of this would exist if our souls were not incarnated into that embodiment and so when you listen to music or watch a movie I went to go watch that movie respect mad fucking respect for that embodiment she is a bad ass in that embodiment man she went through so much highs lows everything in that embodiment she embodied embodiment that that human did that soul did in that embodiment and I was watching this and I was just like oh wow that's suffering oh wow that's ego oh wow that's embodiment but there's this thread in her of like you could feel she wasn't the movie wasn't talking about it but she was operating from that sovereignty she was operating you could see this evolution of her remembering her sovereignty and it was past embodiment it was for anybody that hasn't seen it i would definitely recommend it so um so good oh my gosh respect movie you gotta go see it okay keep going yeah um but in media in music Um, Okay, so take this, for instance, music. Um, We used to have music, you know, our original, our original, I can't say that, um, our remembered, documented music from tribes, and, you know, um, pre past colonialization, it's drums, it's rhythm, it's natural sounds, natural instruments made from natural living things, you know, all of this stuff, right? Like using our embodiments for for natural flute sounds, whistling, all of this kind of stuff, right? And then it kind of started switching into words, again, a commodity. And our words have a tremendous amount to do in music now with being attached to body, suffering, mind, heart, the tangible qualities of our body and our mind. And the words don't have a lot to do with soul and our divinity and our sovereignty. Yes, there's religious. Yes, I, I know. I'm talking about like how we went from classical music, which was just instrument-based and even pre all of that, And it was like these uplifting, 
you know, our bodies would just automatically move. We were in a rhythm with the energies of these living instruments and these living embodiments that were playing in harmony with each other and creating these amazing, it's like the white jazz, why I love jazz. It's just so raw off the cuff improv, right? It's real, it's fucking real. But then we started getting a lot of music that has a lot of, you know, oh, broke my heart and oh, you know, this and oh, that. And it's like, okay, that's just embodiment. (laughs) Or codependency. I feel like codependency is rampant in our lyrical music. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, and we've been in that cycle though. We're moving out of Pisces and that needing somebody else to tell us what to do and think and say and be. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I want to go back to and have more, maybe not back to, I'm not going to say back to anything. I want to be and see the remembered states of music being produced. That is improv. That is just sound or or uh resonance or frequency based or or having this language that we have created um you know really become prevalent in society for remembering who we really are and not coming from a place of suffering which is only embodiment you know, to that, but I could say that about science too. Why is science only stuck on the tangible qualities? Science inherently always has an unknown variable to it. Science at its core design and etymology has an unknown variable to it. It is not facts. It is not absolute. It is a constant study of something and a current produced information about something. So that that's the mind you know being attributed to an area and again not coinciding with each other not collaborating with each other distracting us into oh this rabbit hole and tangent over here that my mind and ego can be attached to or this rabbit hole over here that my body and my suffering you know can be attached to no, whole body system, body, mind, and soul, all of it. That's the operating mechanism. That's what we are going back into. That's what I have remembered. That is what I'm teaching people now. It's incredibly fucking important. The whole entire universe, this mechanism wants us to succeed, will not care what balance it needs to get to, to get there which could end up wiping out billions. But if that's billions of souls that have already been being incarnated for a really long time and they're at the sovereignty level of saying, yeah, I'm good. I'll go back to where my soul came from or I'm good. I don't need to incarnate anymore. Great. Then the planet's sustainable again. Um. Wow, that's heavy. Uh, (laughs) It's everything. (laughs) We're in a time of like mass death right now. Um, It's it's wild. Okay, I wanted to. So I have to. I have to tell you just really quick. Sure. 
I have not, I have not had a TV in over 20 years. I have not watched the news mm. in over a year and a half. Um, great. So my life is what is happening around me right now? I have been sober from the news. That's how I like to say it since September, 2016. And I still, I still know what's going on. I feel like I get enough. Now my favorite uh, way to find out what's really going on is healthcare workers on Twitter who are like telling us really what's happening in the pandemic and like what's, what's the front line look like. Um, Cause so many people are so like delusional in their own spaces separate from like the real stuff that's going on and the people who witness it are the people who are mm -hmm. right there. That's not going to change because this divergence of humanity, um, really the thriving operating systems are going to be the very, very small communities that tend and take care of themselves and others mm -hmm. um, and uh, getting swept up in, and you're asking about what's, you know, the biggest distraction Well, embodiment. And so with embodiment in mind only, not as a whole and complete unit, um, you know, you get very easily sucked into suffering and a lot of things that are going on that soul over there, that suffering is a completely different soul than you. That soul that's going through that transition or that phase is a completely different soul than you. It does not mean good or bad. You're not better than them. They're not better than you, vice versa. It just means that they're at a different point. Now, compassion and love, all of that is absolutely still operating. But at, uh, at the time period that we're in, especially with this transition stage, and especially with the amount of environmental things and the constant massive changes that are gonna come in and very quickly and very abruptly, it's not selfish, it's sovereign mm. to take care of your integrity first. Take care of your integrity with you and then the things that are around you will start tending to themselves. And those situations you know, it's beyond boundaries. It is absoluteness. It is knowing of who you are and what's for you and what's not for you. So, you know, and, and every soul is going to be different. Some souls are going to be like, no, that's bullshit. I have to help everybody. And it's just like, okay, that's where your soul is. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. I'm curious um, if you can explain how America has a birth chart and how we know that it's the Pluto return and what you, like what a Pluto return means. Cause I, I hear it a lot and I kind of know a little, but I know you know way more than me. Um, okay, so a lot of what the Pluto return of the birth chart it's based off of tropical. So that's first and foremost important to understand, but there are other sidereal or ancient astrology charts as well. Um, and basically like the birth of a company, the birth of a human being and embodiment, the birth of a nation, it gets a little muddied as to when to exactly pinpoint that. And people have different opinions about this. So read into what you think the birth of America started and read the different birth charts 
and read the different interpretations of it. And what you feel is the truth, that's what's for you at that point. That doesn't mean that that's going to be the only wisdom that you remember eventually, but it's a, it's a good fucking starting point. So there's a bunch of people that have already had their theories about when America, so the birth of a child, it's, it's interesting because they also have reduced this to a commodity um, because you're given a social security number in America and you're given this identification and you're given all of these rights and everything, but your birth certificate is different than, you know. So anyways, there's a lot of different theories about a lot of different things. And some of them are a lot more clear of when to calculate something. And some of them are a little bit more muddied. Countries are a little bit more muddied. How do you create a birth chart for a country that just went through a revolution? You know what I mean? Well, you probably should look at the previous birth chart and see if it had any astrological elements that were showing the revolution and it would give you a good baseline and then do a new one because you see the revolution in the old birth chart. And then you're probably going to get a pretty decent gauge of where the celestials are. You're going to get a good gauge of the big celestial mechanisms because those things are fucking decades if not hundreds of years long right the furthest you go out like and beyond pluto there's even other planets that they're going to find eventually even though people don't consider pluto a planet it's been written into the fucking astronomy and astrology forever so sorry you guys there's going to be even more that come about pretty soon especially in the age of aquarius we're going to be figuring out a lot more is out there than we're even aware of right now but um so if you look at the birth chart and what I was alluding to um, is what I resonate and feel really is the truth of what America has been going through and is going through, which is um, based off of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, um, because that was the intention. That's where the initiation came from. And the initiation is usually a really fucking huge indicator of stuff that's why some people pull birth charts based off of when insemination happened I mean that gets really really intensely calculated right um, because some women know those cycles and they know when they were menstruating and when they were ovulating and they know within days and so you can get really really precise about stuff um, or or generalized but the one that I'm alluding to um, has Pluto triggering it now. And like I said, this is not like an exact. There's, there's, there are some exacts with energy. There's definitely some exacts with energy, but it's mostly a transmutation. Energy is this wave, you know, of different gradients. And this is really the way that you need to kind of see things. The LGBTQIA community has helped society understand the gradient of things that's the truth of energy and frequency right so they just did it in different ways um but they've been raising that intent that remembering back up to the surface within society because that is a truth so think about time on this gradient as well and even like celestials celestials will have activations that could be decades long it could be months long um, you know, Mercury is super, super fast. So a retrograde and even a shadow period is like a week and a half and then a retrograde for, you know, a, almost a month and then another shadow period. So it really kind of depends on that mechanism. Think of them as like clock 
wheels, right? These are different mechanisms and they all interact with everybody with this multidimensional like clock approach, right? So Pluto, archetypal energy, um, death, destruction, rebirth, like it goes down to the bottom and pulls everything up. Um, and the reason why I feel like this gradient time period is now what America is in is because the, the different houses and the different um, precursor uh, um, elemental energies that it was in prior to this. So, you know, in institutions, it's been in institutions when it triggered in institutions around 2008, which you also have to understand retrogrades, usually planets will go in and then they'll come out and then they'll go in. And sometimes they do this a little bit, you know, like um, the nodes of the moons will come in and out and their, their, their charts are like not, you know, really concise. Um, so you have to really look at the different planet and the different celestial and understand its mechanism but it'll kind of come in and then I'll go out and then it's that gradient, right? Um, and so around 2008 institutions, the financial market crashing, this will give you an indicator of Pluto energy, right? So look at historical events, look at the past cycle before that. And when it started, when a planet starts triggering something, there's big impact. You know, when there's a new energy in the house, fucking that's, there's something happening, right? Um, and then depending on the energy, like it'll kind of have like, it's like waves, depending on the other celestials, if it's a really highly triggering celestial, like Saturn or Jupiter or something, then it could have a completely different like effect at first. It, I mean, like I said, it's a mechanism, it's a multidimensional mechanism and you really, you can really see like a historical aspect of it to kind of gauge what you think is going to start showing up around it. And there's enough people that have remembered enough astrologies to really be able to sit with any number of blogs or sites or podcasts or people and know, like I said, again, from your soul sovereignty, what is the truth for you right now? Because that's where you should go. That person's voice, their resonancy, what they're speaking about, if that is also feeling like a truth or some of it is feeling like a truth or a curiosity, then that's for you. Um, so a lot of people, there are a lot of astrologers, tropically based, um, that really do think that America is going through this, um, you know, return, um, which is almost 250 year cycle. I mean, Pluto is way the fuck out there. This is this is not something that happens in people's lifetimes. You know, you'll get a couple of Saturn returns in one lifetime. You will never get a Pluto return, mm -hmm. um, you know, in our embodiments right now, in our past iterations, in our future. Again, yes, we will be living long enough to have Pluto um, return. But, um, you know, so this is like this energy that just comes in and just digs the shovel right down to the fucking groundwork. Like it will go immediately down into it, you know, and, and when it was in religions, you know, the whole Catholic church, like all of that. And then we saw fucking Notre Dame burn 
And then it was, you know, so it's like, you can see the cycles, you can see what's happening, but study like the archetypal energies of something and listen, listen and read for the people that you're resonating with. Because if it isn't resonating for you, then it's not for you right then. But if it is, then investigate it. One of the things you asked about being in the age of Aquarius, learn, 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 constantly learning. You're mm -hmm. never going to stop learning. Don't think you're going to work in the same job for 40 years because that shit isn't happening anymore. You are constantly going to be learning. And I call it remembering because once you, your soul gets to a state of fully being remembered, that's when you get to say, am I going to stay embodied or am I not? That's when gurus and masters leave their embodiment and don't come back mm. like that because they know that their work is done. They've done all of their past life work. They are fully remembered of where they came in from. And they know and can see, feel all of this. And have they done? Have they contributed? Have they experienced? Okay, yeah, okay. You'll never stop learning. You'll never stop remembering until you stop remembering. <laughs> uh, I, I told you I could walk around just laughing like a mad woman all day long and people would be like, what the hell beautiful and I'm just like okay this is why I'm in like nature all the time beautiful existence I feel like this is a good place to stop because I could talk to you for hours but I feel like we we can do another podcast another time um, <laughs> I really want to talk to you about Atlantis um but I feel like that's going to be a long time let's do a different podcast about that um yeah Okay, so how can people best connect with you, especially with your soul sovereignty offering? I'm very excited about that coming up. Yeah, so the website is already launched. It's under yoursoulsovereignty.com. And right now, um, because I am in grad school, because I do, you know, guide and coach, and I'm, I'm finishing the Cannabis Tarot Oracleum, which is super exciting because that goes into all of the lineages all these different activations and it's its own bibliomancy tool too. So you don't even need to have the deck to use it as a guidebook. You can use it as its own bibliomancy divination tool. So, and it's incredible. Madame Lenormand channeled the first oracleum for Napoleon based off of ancient Egyptian information that his commanders stole from the tombs and he carried it with him his, the whole rest of his life. And then it was finally, you know, reproduced and published and translated, but she's the one that's been working with me with the Tarot for years now. And she very clearly came through and said, there's so many more things that I wanted to be able to do and give, and you can do this. And this Oraculum is the second Oraculum ever in existence that I'm aware of. I think that she like coined that or created that design and etymology. Um, anyway, so it's a really powerful book. It actually has taken me a lot of work and taking me a lot of work to condense the amount of lineages that Tarot is attributed to and all of the different ways that a soul can be triggered and that I know how to now work with them through soul sovereignty to do. So, and then the Oraculum is on Amazon and I'm talking to bookstores about having it. So it's not like the Tarot deck, which is a limited print. 
it's very sacred, the community, we have apprenticeships now. So I really, you know, I've been called by plant spirit to keep um, this integrity and this intention with these divination tools, but the oraculum is a much larger scope opportunity and opening for, for more souls and embodiment. So it's being produced on a, on a larger level, but um, soul sovereignty right now, the source is open, which is um, it's only $1.99 a month. I made it super inexpensive and accessible to everyone. Um, and I have the tro that I do readings on. I have the apprentices doing readings now. Um, I, we have weekly soul sovereignty videos where I channel information and produce it in video format. We have the discussion forums. I have the current iteration of the cannabis plant chakras, which originally came out in 2017 in my first book, but there's so much more information that plant spirit has been calling me to do an updated version for the last couple of years. So that is in soul sovereignty and the source right now too. So really it's this online community that I, you know, have put a hub to and that people are starting to engage and contribute to. And then I'm working on the meds and that's the breaking down of all of these processes because how do you break down the Akasha into a process that most many embodiments can approach from every single different angle, you know, to be able to, um, you know, achieve and activate um, and, and grow in their remembering, you know, um, through. So that's, that's a pretty big thing besides the fact that I'm finishing my application for my PhD research. <laughs> that's why I'm in Boston. It's a very heady mind oriented placement on this earth. And I'm just like so much <laughs> going on. Yeah. I needed this energy and this focus, but um, really I have the cannabis tro and I have everything at your soul sovereignty right now. Cannabis tro is in your soul sovereignty. Um, the only things that are up on Instagram are just when new videos and new things come out, all of the channeling that I do, my handwritten notes, the things that I'm doing for my research in ineffable in translating ineffable. Um, these are all going to be housed on soul sovereignty because it's my living example to humanity and this embodiment as to the work that I've been doing and the remembering that I've gotten to so that others can see or feel a path from a, a lived experience. Um, it's very much like you said, like I go and I do it and then I report back on it and help people understand as best as I can and translate as best as I can, how they can open up that remembering um, and that knowledge and wisdom for themselves too. So yeah, it's kind of like an online journal, I think for probably the majority of the things that I do for the rest of this embodiment. <laughs> but it has a lot in there <laughs> and it will have even more in there once the meds come in because those are going to be the processes for people. It's amazing. I'm so excited and grateful to you for, for creating um, a space to aggregate the wisdoms that you're integrating into this existence. And yeah, and to support people, mm -hmm. support the souls that want to remember their soul. 
that are helping guide and teach others body, mind, and soul, the Trinity, the real Trinity of the divinity. We are the gods and goddesses. We operate this mechanism along with all of the other souls and, and consciousnesses. And we're incredibly divine and powerful. And it is our right to not be distracted from that and to remember that and to be embodied in that remembering. So yes, very intentional, very sacred. You know, it's behind a private community now. It's not going to be censored and all of these things. You know, these are conversations and, and sharing you know, with people that are on this path that are dedicated to and have, you know, intention to being in this level of remembering for themselves again. So yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited too. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Beautiful Existence. You are just truly a gift in my life and in the world. And I'm grateful you were willing to come through and give us all of this wisdom i'm excited to listen to this again and thanks so many you're welcome thank you i love that little that portrait was that a self-portrait behind you this i know we're talking about this beautiful piece of kitty cat art oh yeah this is biscuit reynolds uh, my cat uh, my friend painted him and so i was like of course this giant painting of my cat should be on the wall yeah hi sweetie I was going to say, is that a self-portrait? Did you do that? Oh, he's not that <laughs> it's <tough>. so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, I love okay. it. I love it. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm so happy to be here. We have to have like a private conversation too. Get yeah. onto your soul sovereignty so that you can engage with me and we can have these discussions because I have lives that I'm going to start recording as well. And I want a lot more of that with people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it needs the engagement. Aquarius, again, collaboration, engagement with others, you know, decentralized, you know, yes. it's about the collective. Yes. Yeah, decentralized. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I love you so much. Thank you so much, beautiful existence. You're welcome. Bye.